So this past year, J.K. Dobbins. The two years previous, we didn't have any second round picks. Right? We had a third round pick in 2019. 2018, we had two first round picks. One of those picks is Hayden Hurst, which we traded for a second round pick. 2017, Tyus Bowser, second round. 2016, Kamali Correa. 2015, Max Williams. 2014, Timmy Jernigan. I mean, do you guys see what I'm talking about here? Like, do you see this? Our second rounds don't mean anything. It's the lunch break hot take with Jose and Rodney. Man, we've been recording this entire time. We should uh, we should do the show. Yeah. All right. Are you ready this time? I been ready. You yeah. threw us off track. I had got to start. I, I did not. Yeah. It says back like a whole ten minutes. No. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been ready. <laughs> what's going on lunch breakers and takers this is another episode of the lunch break hot take i am jose and this is brodney and this is like take five it's not even true <laughs> right, it's like take three <laughs> all right take we just fin- yeah <laughs> we just finished week five of the nfl i think no i'm sorry i'm not letting this go it's take two because you weren't ready no, I was ready. You were the oh, one yeah? playing around with your when headphones. Did, did, you, did you find your headphones before or after this current intro? I found my headphones after you started playing around with your headphones after okay. I already did the intro. Okay. Yeah. I probably need to do the intro again. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not doing it again. <laughs> this is it. We're doing it live. <laughs> All, right. All right. So we finished week five. We have a lot to say. There's a lot going on this week or that went on this week. And look, we'll start with our Panthers and Ravens. Both teams got wins. Really good win for the Panthers. You know, good win for the Ravens, but I have issues. (laughs) Uh Yeah, that was about as close as it gets to a dominant win for Carolina, I would think. Yeah. They played pretty well. The, you know, Mike Davis was out there doing his thing. He had a career game against the Falcons, like 149, 150 total yards or so. You know, all the receivers were involved. DJ Moore had a nice, was it, 57 yard touchdown reception? Yes. You know, Teddy Moore played well. Robbie Anderson continued to do his thing. Yeah. The defense showed up pretty well. The only obvious bad spot on the on the week was Kawan Short is out for the season now. He's going to be getting season ending surgery, you know, which is honestly, it's a pretty big blow that they're not a team with, with very much depth. But again, you know, we, we didn't expect them to be playing deep into January and February anyway. Um, I'll say this. He hasn't been playing great for them. He's been all right. Look, last year before his injury, he was good. But since he since he got the contract, he's been – I mean, he's been very unlucky. He's been getting hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. I would imagine he's played his last game as a Panther, yeah. which, I mean, which kind of sucks. I mean, he's a really talented player. But if they do end up releasing him after this season, I'm sure he'll catch on somewhere and, and be just fine. Yeah. But yeah, we see – the defense continuing to play well. The the O line, you know, they're coming together. Teddy's being Teddy. Yeah. You know, the the weapons are out there. They're doing their job. We're getting close to Christian McCaffrey coming back. Um, they're saying right now, not this week, so right. maybe next week. Right. But you know, they're they're kind of hitting their stride right now. Yeah, and Christian McCaffrey having to sit out for a few weeks got the run game established with Mike Davis. So when he comes back, McCaffrey. That's going to be a good one-two punch with McCaffrey and Mike Davis. Yeah, 
you know, maybe they'll finally not be playing 97% of the snaps. Right. You know, he, he needs a break. No, exactly. And keep him a little bit more fresh because Mike Davis, he's a banger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's a banger. So, yeah, you, you have two running backs that you can utilize and yeah, get them going. Like you have everything that you need on offense, man. You do. And the O-line is holding up right now. Like they're, yeah. you know, they're protecting Teddy. So they're going to be competitive and they're showing that already. Yeah. I think the biggest storyline out of this game, though, <laughs> was uh, Carolina ending the Dan Quinn era in Ooh. Atlanta. They finally put him out of his misery. Him and the GM, uh, Dimitrov, Dimitrov both fired yeah. after the game. And Atlanta has pretty much quit on the season. Yeah. Um, they, they named Raheem Morris the interim head coach. Their owner came out and said that he would be considered for the permanent job if they go 11 and 0. Yeah. So that's nice. Which means um, he doesn't have a chance. Right. They, they said that they're not going to, it's not going to be a fire sale, but, you know, if they get a good offer for any of their players, they'll take it, you know, before yeah. the deadline. So it's fire sale time. It's call them up and make your offers and, and get the guys out of there. Yeah. Fire sale. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, they're going to, I'm sure they want picks. They're going to bring in a new coach, new GM, and they're going to hit reset. They wouldn't even commit to Matt Ryan being back next year. Yeah. And if I'm Matt Ryan, I would say, go ahead and trade me now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why waste each other's time? We're not, we're not winning anything this season. You are doing a fire sale, despite what you came out and just said. And you said pretty much that you don't want me back next year. So right. just trade me now. If you're not going to commit to me being here next year, then let's, not have me here next week. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Matt Ryan isn't playing poorly. No. Right. And if I'm Matt Ryan, like I start out the season hot and I'm in that competitive mode. I want to compete right now. And you guys aren't trying to compete. So send me someplace that could use my services. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys don't need me anymore. We can end this on a good note. It doesn't have to end ugly. But if you drag this out for the whole season, things could sour. Yeah, it might get ugly. Yeah. So, yeah, they're a mess. But next week, you guys take on the Chicago Bears, correct? Yes. That could be another win. You guys could be 4-2? and two? Yeah, if they beat Chicago, they'll be 4-2. and two. That, you know, it's a winnable game. Uh, yeah. Nick Foles is never striking fear into the heart of anyone. Nope. But their defense is for real. But Khalil Mack is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, he is. Yes, he is. But they're one of the best red zone defenses in the league, and that's been an area where Carolina has struggled so far this year. So that's going to be something to watch, but it's a very winnable game for them. Yeah. You know, without Kawan Short, it's going to be a little more, a little, a little tougher. You know, they gave a lot of yards to Todd Gurley this week. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we're, we're going to do our preview video, so I don't want to go too in-depth on how that matchup's going to play out. But Allen Robinson, probably the biggest test for that secondary so far this year. Uh, along with Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller and Jimmy Graham, the resurgence of Jimmy Graham, right? He's looking good. That's the this is probably the biggest test so far for the the secondary since you know Julio Jones didn't play, and you know when they played Tampa, I believe it was uh, Chris Godwin was out. Yeah. So yeah. You know, they they've been kind of lucky in their schedule so far, but this will be a big test for them. You got to be able to handle Nick Foles, though. Yeah. Right. You can't be laying down for him. So far, I am giving Matt Rule his props. I was skeptical about him coming in. You know, the, the whole organization, just the way they just kind of hit the reset button when they didn't need to. Mm-hmm. But right now, they have a young core, and they're competing. And like I said, take it week to week, and they're doing that, and they look better and better every week. So I just want, I'm, I'm giving them his props right now. 
I think so far he's doing a, a pretty good job. We'll see if it continues on this trend. Yeah, I like the Matt Rule hire. Uh, I was a fan of that. I just thought that they should have hired the enemy. Yeah. But I was never upset about hiring Matt Rule. I've been upset about some of the decisions they've made since they hired him, like giving Christian McCaffrey that contract, getting rid of Cam Newton, yeah. you know, letting the entire defense walk, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Little stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little thing. But yeah, no. So big win for Carolina. They're looking to make it, what, three in a row three in a next row. week. No, no, no. Four in a row. My bad. Four. Next yeah, week. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah four. four in a row next week against the Bears. I mean, they'll they'll probably be in first place at that point. So, yeah. yeah. Big week coming up. Yeah. Okay. Pause up. No. Nah, still. Pause no. up. <laughs> still no. <laughs> okay. So, we'll move on to the Ravens and Bengals. And dominant win for the Ravens. Let me just go ahead and say that. Dominant win. We won. What was the final score? 27-3? to Yeah. 27-3. Yeah, we won. Yeah, we won twenty-seven to three, and it was pretty much all defense, right? Is all defense. I mean, one of those touchdowns came from the defense. So you're just running around picking on the JV squad, y'all acting all proud about it. No, look, even against them, you know, get wins, get wins. I don't care. And that's a division win. I thought the game was going to be closer. You you thought the game would be closer because the Bengals yeah. have been competitive this year. Obviously, they're not there yet. They have a rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow, and you have a wide receiver who just he just wants you to trade him. I was yeah, well, yeah, and they should. Well, I, I was just about to talk about how bad Joe Burrow's yards per attempt were. Yeah, at five point seven, and then I noticed that wasn't his yards per attempt; that was his QBR for the game. Ooh. so yeah, Ooh. yikes! But you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not putting any of that on Joe Burrow when nope. you get sacked seven times by a team who can't rush the quarterback. And he had there was like 15 QB hits, something like that. I mean, it was a lot. It was, yeah, it was in the double digits. He had 30 pass attempts. So I'm assuming he got hit 30 times. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, officially 15 quarterback hits. Yes. So think about and that. And the defense scored two touchdowns, according yeah. to this, but that's not the case. I don't no. know why they have two touchdowns. No, no, no. It's only, only one. The fumble recovery return by a pass. Right. But I'm just, I'm looking at the, the stats and they have it listed as two touchdowns. I'm not sure why. Yeah. So think about this, man. 30 dropbacks. Mm-hmm. Every other dropback, you're getting hit. Yeah. Well, you know, in reality, 37 dropbacks, right? Because he got sacked seven times and those were not pass attempts. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so 37 <laughs> dropbacks and you got hit 22 times. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'll say this, man. Joe Burrow, he has it because most quarterbacks will be, will be ready to check out by now. Yeah. I'm going to go and look how many total hits he's taken so far through five games. He's close to 100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's got to be. He's got to be. He might. There might be a record. You have to protect this man. Look, I'm a Ravens fan. Okay. <laughs> I, I know I sound like a Bengals fan. The Bengals right are now. standing up proudly and saying, do we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Ravens fan. I know I sound like a Bengals fan right now, but my word, man, protect this dude. I mean, Yo, that blitz where Deshaun Elliott, I mean, first of all, all of the DBs, all the starting DBs on the Ravens defense got sacks. Mm-hmm. Let me repeat this. All of the Ravens defensive backs, the guys that aren't usually going after the quarterback, that are following the wide receivers around, all five of them got sacks. Okay. Yeah. And this the- Clark, uh, Marlon Humphrey, Deshaun Elliott, Marcus Peters. 
I mean, every, they were just everybody come on down. Jimmy Smith, is yeah, Jimmy Smith. I, <laughs> yeah, Yo, th- Jimmy Smith came back from vacation to yeah. sack Pat, <laughs> to sack Joe Burrow. That sack from Deshaun Elliott, though, he came untouched, clean hit, and I mean, yeah, 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 shovel Joe Burrow off the the ground because he plastered him, and yeah. it gets no worse than that, man. Like it, it's one thing to have a bad O line, but to let your quarterback get clean hits like that. I remember Tom Brady getting hit like that once. Once. Yeah. And they once. called time they called timeout immediately. <laughs> they, and the timeout was not to like, you know, gather themselves or figure out what they were going to do next. The timeout was to berate the lineman who let Tom Brady get hit. Absolutely. It, yeah, that was a timeout to say, "Okay guys, get together. Huddle up." That's never going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. You could bet your life on it. <laughs> I, I, I will say this, you know, Joe Burrow and every other quarterback in the league, basically, you can take a lesson from Tom Brady and what Peyton Manning used to do. When they see the guy coming untouched, they just go down. down. Yeah, go down. No point in taking that. I know there's some quarterbacks who can get away from those, you know, and they, they like to try to, to make that guy miss or break the tackle or whatever. For the majority of quarterbacks, just lay down. Don't take that hit. Yeah. Don't read your what, what's that saying? Don't read your newspaper clippings. Don't yeah. read your newspaper clippings, Joe Burrow. You're not that elusive. That is the sequel to the Baker Mayfield movie. Baker swears to God he is the most athletic dude on the field ever. <laughs> it has never been true. No, no. All right. Okay. All right. So let's break down the issues I have with the Ravens because it sounds like it's all good so far, right? Right. right. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, okay, let's finish off with the good. You know, they, they shut down the Bengals run game. Yeah. They held Joe Burrow to 183 yards passing yeah. and got an interception off of him. You know, Burrow's been playing fairly well up to this point. He's been averaging a, a little over 300 yards a game. They recovered a couple fumbles. So great performance from the defense. Yeah. Yeah. But then. But then <laughs> there's the other side called offense. You know, I've heard of it. You've heard of it. I don't know if, if Harbaugh and Greg Roman have heard of they it. They certainly have not. Okay, look, it was just a bad day for the offense, right? Lamar didn't play well either. He was off on some of his passes. He had one interception officially, two more that definitely should have been intercepted. Yeah, Just a bad day, right? A bad day. But as usual, Maz Boykin did nothing out there. I mean, he's running. He's running. I'm not sure if he's running routes, but he's running. Right. He can never he can never locate the ball. And like when we hear that term, you can't locate the ball. Right. Usually it's hey, like, you know, the receiver is not getting his head around in time or something like that. But my man isn't even looking for the ball. He's just yeah. running a route and looking at the sideline, looking at the grass, looking at butterflies or birds or something. I, I don't know what's mm-hmm. what's grabbing his attention. It's not football. Right. Right. He reminds me of uh, what what, I, what somebody said about Chris Hogan once the uh, former Panther and Patriot and I think Miami wide receiver. And he got signed. You know, he's clearly past it at this point. He got signed and they're like, yeah, so uh, Chris Hogan, they brought him in to run 30 wind sprints a game. Right? <laughs> and it's kind of like, that's what Miles Boykin is there for. Yeah, he, he's not there to catch the ball. He's not there to get open. He's out there getting some exercise. Yeah. I, look, John Harbaugh made some comment. Look, uh, John Harbaugh always... It's, it's part of your job as a coach, you know, you got to speak up your players. But mm-hmm. he made his comment about how they're happy with what Boykin is doing out there, but he recognizes that 
receiving yards and all that stuff or, or how you measure a, a wide receiver this and that so you gotta try to get him going that's a, i mean that's such a cop out mm-hmm. he's okay was he, was he doing well blocking what well, that's not what you use wide receivers for okay yes you wide receivers need to block at times but that's not why they're there of course you need he, he needs stats <laughs> <laughs> that's how you measure these guys right that's not a oh well you know, fans like to see big numbers and this is a that. So we got to get him going that way. No, you want to see that. Right. You want him to get touchdowns. You want him to get catches. You want him to be reliable in the pass game. Okay. And right now he's not. Now for Hollywood, he had his first touchdown of the season. You know, Hollywood looks fine, right? He, he yeah. looks fine. So I don't have any issues with him right now. It's just that he doesn't look like a number one wide receiver yet. Right. Yeah, which is understandable. I mean, it's yeah. the beginning of a second year. He was hurt all last season, but he had a 100-yard game in week one, I believe 77 yards last week, 86 yeah. yards this week. He's yeah. doing just fine. He's doing fine. Uh, it's just yeah. not It's not spectacular at this point. Yeah. But that's understandable considering, you know, Lamar hasn't been playing that well. The O-line's been playing like trash uh, in pass protection. So Yeah. So the main issues I have are, okay, let's take a look at the wide receiver core. So Miles Boykin isn't playing well. He's starting opposite of Hollywood Brown, right? Mm-hmm. You have Devin DuVernay, who we drafted this year in the third round. He had one catch that went for, it was a pretty uh, big play. Right? Well, no, that was, that was a run. And that, that's, oh, it, was that's, a re- it was a reverse. Uh, was it a reverse? Yeah. So that, that's what I wanted to bring up here. The Ravens had 332 yards of total, uh, total offense. Yeah. About 23% of that, or 76 yards, came on two plays, two mm-hmm. runs, one by Devin Duvernay, one by J.K. Dobbins, and neither one of them got another carry. I mean, obviously, Duvernay is a, a receiver. He had a couple catches that went for 17 yards. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins didn't have another carry. Mm-hmm. So you got nearly a quarter of your offense on two plays, and you completely went away from those two players that did that. That's insane. A running back that you drafted in the second round has a big run. It was a good run, and mm-hmm. he created that himself. Like He made that happen. And you don't give him another handoff? Yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing? It, the run game is crazy to me because people think there's an issue with the run game. I hear a lot of people say, man, you know, you need to get the ball to Gus Edwards, you know, to get this run game going. Or he's the best running back. First of all, Gus Edwards is not the best running back, guys. <laughs> he's not. But it's the thought of, oh, if Gus Edwards is out there, we'll move the ball better. You know, we'll get the yeah. run game going. There's nothing wrong with the run game. They're all running well. We just don't run the ball. It doesn't matter if Gus Edwards is starting. It doesn't matter if J.K. Dobbins is starting. It doesn't matter if if Mark Ingram is starting. Mark Ingram led all the running backs with carries with 11. Mm. That's not enough. But their run average is fine. There's nothing wrong with them running. They, we're just not doing it. But we're also not passing either. So I don't know what's going on with the offense right now. Right. And I think a big part of the problem is you're saying it doesn't matter who. And, that, and that's true when you're not running the ball. Yeah. Right? That's true. But you do need to give the ball to your best players. Now, again, I said that they had those two carries that went for 76 yards. Those two had a total of five catches for another 38 yards. So together, DuVernay and Dobbins accounted for over a third of the offense. And they had a total of seven touches. Yeah. like (laughs) And DuVernay... He had a, a kick return for a touchdown, which is the only reason they were still in that Kansas City game as long as they were. Yep. He's had a, not many catches, but he hasn't had 
he hasn't had many snaps, but he's he's getting catches every week. And you know, if you listen to the show, you know I'm not a, I wasn't high on Devin Duvernay at all. I I didn't think that was a particularly good pick. I didn't I didn't like it. I didn't like him as a prospect coming out of college. He's infinitely better than Miles Boykin at this point in terms of right. their performance. Yeah. So you drafted a running back in the second round, who's the most talented running back on the team. You had drafted a wide receiver who's making plays unlike the guy you have starting opposite of Hollywood. And you're just refusing to get the ball to either one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, neither one of us were high on Devin DuVernay. I mean, I wasn't as down on him as you, but no, I wasn't high on him either. But he has shown more than than everybody else that if you give him the ball, he's going to try to make something happen with it. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why he's not getting more opportunity. Like, the whole reason why we didn't get DeAndre Hopkins, the whole reason why we didn't trade for Stefan Diggs, from what I understand, is that you guys liked your wide receivers. You know, right. that's why that's what you hear from the coaching staff. Oh, we like the guys that we have. And Lamar talked about how he kind of wants to hide Duvernay. He doesn't want, you know, that's their secret weapon kind of or, or whatever. Right. Like you really like these guys. OK, let's see what they have. Yeah. Right. Let's see what they have. One touch. Like we could be look, we could be flat out wrong about Duvernay. Duvernay could be the second coming of Steve Smith. We won't mm-hmm. know that unless he gets out there and plays. We know what we have in Miles Boykin. He he's not good. Not <laughs> he's not good. Not and we both like Miles Boykin coming out of college. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. He may not get that many targets, but he's been on the field long enough and played enough games for you to know what you have for him. He doesn't do anything yeah. with his opportunities. Yeah, he's 21 games into his career. He has 300 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. It's just, you know, and and that's not to close the book on his career, but he hasn't been good enough to continue starting on a team that went 14-2 and last year and a team that's trying to win a Super Bowl this year. He has 300 yards and 21 games. If if he's going to figure it out, he's going to have to figure it out from the bench. Yeah. No, absolutely. With Duvernay, the limited amount of touches that he's had, he's shown you that he's more aggressive, right? Mm -hmm that he's trying to make something happen when he gets the ball in his hands. That's what we need to see. We, we need to see if he can be that guy. I'm skeptical of it, but yeah. until we bring in some actual help, you have to really take a look at what you have on your roster, and we haven't done that. And I don't know what we're doing with these games because we played the Washington football team one week. We played Cincinnati this week. We play or, or this past week. We play Philly coming up this week. These are games where you want to unleash these guys to see if they can do it because the Cincinnati game would have been perfect, right? We're in no danger of losing that game ever, ever. So draw plays up for Lamar to target Duvernay. Draw, man, get Prochet out there. I don't care. Like draw plays up to get the ball in Duvernay's hands, to get the ball in J.K. Dobbins' hands. See what you have on that team, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So David, the sports sports and gamer nerd, brought this up, and it, it's an interesting take. I'm not sure if I 100% agree with it, but he believes that Lamar is only making two reads. He's looking for Hollywood. He's looking for Andrews, and then if that's not there, he's taking off with the ball or throwing it away or what, or what have you. I'm sure there are a few plays that are like that, but in general, I think Lamar is making his reads. How often do you think Miles Boykin is open? Right. <laughs> right. Lamar has been going all the way through his progressions back since since college. Yeah. Like that's not an issue for him. I was agreeing with him because I, I do think that there comes a point like w- with the O line playing the way they are, 
They're not protecting Lamar. They're not giving him a lot of time to throw. And he knows there's only two guys on that offense he can trust. So I, I can see at times with him saying, hey, Hollywood's not open. Okay, Mark Andrews isn't open. I'm not going to bother checking on Miles. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's time to get out of the pocket. Right. Now, is the coaching staff's job, if they want to get those guys more involved, draw plays where they're the first option. Mm-hmm. Okay, look, I'm running this play and your first read is going to be DuVernay. Your second read is going to be Boykin or something like that to see if those guys can do it. That's how you have to do it. Like, that's how you get those guys involved. And look, I'm not professional. I, you know, I, I sound like it. we make hot takes, but that seems pretty obvious, right? <laughs> if you want to get these guys involved and you want them to have a rapport with the quarterback, that's how you do it. Draw plays up for them. Right. Don't just say, hey, well, they're on the field. OK, if they're on the field as a decoy, that's, yeah, that's not, a they're not even on the field as decoys. They're on the field because you have to have 11 people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they didn't have team. to have 11 people, they would, you know, Boykin wouldn't be out there. So, yeah, the offensive line, not still not playing great. We'll see if they can get it together by the end of the year. I don't know if they can, but. It's just one of those things we're going to have to address in the offseason, interior O-line, the same thing that I said at the end, uh, at the beginning of this offseason. Wide receiver, that's something that we have an opportunity to fix in season. The question is, are we going to do it? And that's been a big discussion on Twitter today and pretty much this week. What, what are their options, what they could do, what they should do? And for the life of me, I can't understand why there are people out there still talking about getting pass rushers. Right. So uh, there's a big talk going on right now. We put out a video and Graven's put out a video. We've, we've all mentioned Julio Jones. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you kind of alluded to that during the Panthers portion of this, right? Cause you guys beat down Atlanta and there's a fire sale going on in Atlanta. Julio Jones isn't being utilized. He's been a little bit dinged up and look, everybody's available. I'm pretty sure we can get Julio Jones for a fair price, Right. Fair price meaning anything that's not a first round pick. I don't want to get into arguments with people saying he's not worth a second or a third or you know you want to give that up. Our second round picks aren't worth. They're not worth anything. Okay, I will argue that with any Ravens fan. What is our second round pick worth? What was the last second round pick that you remember? You're like, man, glad we got that guy. So far, J.K. Dobbins and I told you I like J.K. Dobbins. I still think he's going to be a fine running back. Right now, he's the third string running back. Last year. Who did we get last year? Last year, they did not have a second round pick, I don't believe. No, no, we had Hollywood in the first, and we got Boykin in the third. Yeah, I don't think they didn't have a second round pick that year. Okay, no second round pick last year. Year before that, our second round pick. Did we have to round? drafting Lamar. They traded up. We traded to, up. To get Lamar. Okay, so the last two years. Okay, so, so there you go. So we're not even using our second round picks the, the previous two years. There's no issue there, right? <laughs> There's no issue there. Before that, it was... You're talking about Kamala Correa, Tyus Bowser. Not 100%. I mean, I know they're Arthur Brown and Mount Cody. and You know, a lot of, a lot of guys who just didn't really work out for them. Uh, the, last, the last second round pick that I remember working out was Torrey Smith. Yep. That's what I was getting to. In fact, I'm pulling up the, the draft history right now because... Courtney Upshaw. Oh, hold oh, on. Assembly. Assembly. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Look, look, look. Let's break this down. Let's break this down. So this past year, J.K. Dobbins. The two years previous, we didn't have any second round picks. All right. 
Yeah, third round pick in 2019, 2018. We had two first round picks. One of those picks is Hayden Hurst, which we traded for a second round pick. 2017, Tyus Bowser, second round. 2016, Kamali Correa. 2015, Max Williams. 2014, Timmy Jernigan. I mean, do you guys see what I'm talking about here? Like, do you see this? Our second rounds don't mean anything. Yeah, 2013, Arthur Brown. 2012 was the last time. You have to go back to 2012 to get a good second round pick, and that was uh, Assembly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they also took Courtney Upshaw in that second round. Uh, before that, Torrey Smith. 2010, Sergio Kendall and Terrence Cody. Sergio Kendall. Yeah, 2009 Paul Kruger, 2008 Ray Rice. So you know it's been it's been about a decade of bad second round picks. Yeah. So I don't want to hear this nonsense of a player isn't sec- uh, worth the second round, or you know it's not worth it to trade that second round pick to move up. We could stay there and get a quality player. Yeah, we could in theory get a quality player. We mm-hmm. haven't been. We haven't right. been. I have no problems with trading that pick to move up in the draft, like we should have this year to get C.D. Lamb. Or Justin Jefferson or, or Justin, Jerry, or Jerry Judy. Judy. Yes. I had no problem with doing that. And you should have a problem with it either. Right. Who would you rather have right now? J.K. Dobbins or C.D. Lamb? I know who I would rather have. Okay? I know who Lamar would rather have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, all right. Back to Julio Jones. All right. <laughs> a second round pick. I had no problem giving that up. And it probably wouldn't even cost that much. No. Right. I'm not worried about how much he I'm not worried about how much he's making. We'll make it fit under the cap. And that's all that really matters. Get him uh, get Lamar another weapon. Yeah. And again, it doesn't even have to be a Julio Jones. You know, people are all oh, well, I think he's declining and he costs too much and all that. The point is not that it has to be Julio Jones, but you have to get him somebody. Yeah. You know, I, I saw a lot of talk about, oh, you want to get a, a guy who's kind of underperforming and you know, maybe near the end of his rookie deal, so he's still cheap. Okay, you're talking about Curtis Samuel in that case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Out of Carolina, who, yeah. you know, they, they're, not, they're not negotiating an extension with Curtis Samuel. He's shown that he's got ability. It just hasn't worked out there because of injury. And, I mean, I didn't want to name names, but Kyle Allen and Will Greer. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he's a talented player. Call Carolina. I said the same thing for New England. Call Carolina get Curtis Samuel out of there, give him a fresh start, give your quarterback somebody to throw the ball to. Yeah. But Baltimore, it could be anybody, man. It, there isn't a team in the league that doesn't have at least two receivers better than Miles Boykin. See, I'm past that. I thought that last year, like, man, just give him a little bit better talent. You know, I was, I was okay with Seth Roberts initially, but Lamar just came off an MVP season. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I don't want to get just anybody. I want to get the best possible players you can put around him. I wanted us to trade that second round pick for Hopkins. I wanted us to trade that first round pick for Stefan Dix. I want you to get him a bona fide star at yeah, wide receiver. Look, he look, deserves that, it. That ship has sailed, right? You could have had Hopkins. It hasn't you sailed. Had, yeah, you could have had Hopkins. You could have had Diggs. could have had Robbie Anderson. could have had Emmanuel Sanders. could have had no, T. Higgins. No, like, it, it those guys sailed. are gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can get AB. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like as far as the the those top tier guys yes, who are yeah. playing, that those are gone. Yeah, but yeah, you can get Antonio Brown, and like I said, even if you're dead set against Antonio for off field concerns or whatever, there isn't a team in the league that wouldn't be able to offer an upgrade to Baltimore. That's true. Um, 
like, I'm sure there's going to be multiple teams calling Atlanta about Julio Jones. I'm sure there's going to be several teams calling New Orleans about Michael Thomas, aka Slant Boy. Um, I'm sure, <laughs> you know, I, I just you, you have to get you have to go and get somebody. You How, have to. Well, let's break down. We're going to move on soon, but let's break down this issue that people have with Antonio Brown. His off the field issues. All right, he's serving a suspension right now for that. He's put that behind him, and the league's about to put it behind them as well. Fresh start. Right. Mm-hmm. He's been working out with Lamar. Hollywood Brown is you know, Lamar and Hollywood. Right. That's his cousin. They have a good working relationship. I think there's a level of respect that he has for Lamar that he definitely didn't have with Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get his career back on track. It's costing us nothing to bring him in. You know, he is an elite talent. There's no question about his game on the field. None whatsoever. As long as he keeps his head on straight, and he doesn't get kicked off the team. What's the issue? I don't care about any of that off-field stuff, what he's doing on Instagram, the things he's tweeting out. That doesn't have any bearing on us as fans or the team. How fragile do you think that team is that if he puts out a tweet and people ask them questions about it, oh, it's a distraction, how fragile do you think they are that they people can't think handle they're it? they're very fragile. People think they're very fragile, but at the same time, you know, if you <laughs> in the game, if you hear uh, fans shouting racial slurs that you just deal with it. Yeah, right? just deal with it. But hey, you know, man, and Antonio's really going to rip the team apart. Listen, Jimmy Smith had character concerns coming into the league. A lot. You know, yeah, from his days in college. Marcus Peters had all kinds of character concerns before Baltimore traded for him. Yep. That's why he that's why he's not in Kansas City right now. Yep. You know, Steve Smith, when they brought him in, he seriously injured two teammates in Carolina. No problem. No problem. You know, Terrell Suggs had all kinds of off-field problems. Ravens fans don't care. Nope. Like, what is it about Antonio that makes it a, makes it so different? My guess is that Ravens fans, they literally just allergic to offense. It's because he plays wide receiver. Yeah. They don't want him. Yeah. They don't care about defenders having problems. Because, right. you know, they want talent on defense and they want the offense to scrape by. Yeah. I don't care about your attitude. I really don't. I don't want to hear one way or another what kind of person you are. That has nothing to do with the game. All right. That's just the reality of it. I've told you this before. If the first thing they say about you is he's a good guy, get him off the team. <laughs> if the first thought they have of you as a player is he's a good guy. Nah, nah. Like when I think of Derrick Henry, I get chills down my spine. I think he's a monster. He could be a very nice guy, but he scares me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, listen, when I, when I say Larry Fitzgerald, you don't think he's a nice person, even though every every indication is he's a great guy. Right. You know, yeah, you think you Hall never, of Famer. You've never heard a single bad word about Larry Fitzgerald, but the first thing you think is one of the best wide receivers in history. Yeah. No, absolutely. I don't care about your attitude, man. I want to know can you play? We know Antonio Brown can play this game. And we need to help right now. And since we wasted our time with pretty much everything this offseason, we wasted our mm-hmm. time. This, this whole offseason has been a waste. Sorry, it's been a waste. Beggars can't be choosers right now. We have an opportunity still to get top-level talent at wide receiver. And when he comes off his eight-week suspension, we need to snatch him up and get him out there and get this offense in gear. Yeah. Like, like I said, I mean, it doesn't even have to be Antonio Bryant. If I were them, I would absolutely sign him because, you know, I hear a lot of uh, go sign Des Bryant or go sign this this bad veteran. Who's yeah, let's start talking with some more people. Because cause there's no risk, 
right? There's no risk. If they're not good, cut them and it's done with. Yeah. And if Antonio comes in and he causes any kind of problems, cut him. It's the same, you know, you know what it is? It's the Dwight Howard issue. You know, mm-hmm. nobody wanted Dwight Howard. Yeah. Nobody wanted Dwight Howard because of the way things went down in Atlanta, the way things went when he was in Charlotte, the way yeah. things went when he was in Washington. Nobody, yeah. nobody was going to touch him. And, you know, he realized, hey, this could be the end of my career. Nobody wants me because I've been a knucklehead. Mm-hmm. And he went to the Lakers and the Lakers told him, listen, if there's any issues, you're out. Yeah. You know, there's not going to be any warnings. It's not, it's not going to be, hey, let's come in and talk it out. No, if there's any problems, you're gone. They brought him in. He acted right. And now he's a champion. Yeah. So, look, I'm not closing the door on AB until he's actually signed with us or somebody else. But all those people out there that are saying, hey, stop talking about him. Not on this show. Listen, that, like I said, it's not even the only option. Call no. Atlanta for Julio Jones. Call Carolina for Curtis Samuel. Call yeah. Chicago for Allen Robinson. Yep. You know, call Dallas. I mean, we're, we're going to get to when when we talk about the Dallas game. That, that was awful. We'll segue into that. Dallas right after this. Yeah. Yeah. Their season. No disrespect to Andy Dalton. You know, I like Andy Dalton. I've always I've been an Andy Dalton fan since TCU. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what kind of expectations do we yeah. have for the Cowboys now, Andy Dalton? Yeah. Call them up and see see if they're willing to move Amari Cooper. I don't think there's any any chance of them moving Michael Gallup. He's too young and too good and too cheap Still to seriously consider moving him. You can ask. It's going to cost way too much. Yeah. They'll give you Amari Cooper, I think. Yeah. You know, they, yeah, because he he has a big contract. He's not cons, you know not considerably better than the other two. Right. So, you know, you might be able to get Amari Cooper out of there. But yeah. no, the point is get on the phone, do your job, make some calls and get a deal done. No, I agree. I agree. Okay. So let's move on. We to done used up like half of this hour show on two games. I know I'll edit it down. It won't be as long, <laughs> but all right, let's go on to Dallas. Since you, since you brought that up, horrible, horrible, uh, uh, unfortunate injury for that press guy. And that's just, I mean, look, Dallas pulls out the win against the Giants. Okay, we'll get that out of the way. But the story here is Dak Prescott breaking his ankle, and you know they showed it all on TV. It looked it looked awful. Yeah, Logan Ryan. He was kind of scrambling out of the pocket a little bit. You know, still looking downfield, trying to make a throw. Logan Ryan was tackling him, fell down on his ankle, and it broke and was dislocated. I don't know why they felt the need to like you know, just keep him on screen, showing him holding up his, his leg. They right. don't, they don't generally do that for injuries like that anymore. They usually cut away, Yeah, but they were all about showing Dak's ankle. Yeah. It was all on display. You know, those things are hard to watch, man. And he did, he went through surgery. They said the surgery went, went great. He's going to be fine. You know, four to six months full recovery, the way things are going, you know, we mentioned the season might not even be over then. Yeah. As but, bad as it looked, it ain't that bad, <laughs> right? So, yeah, it's, like, it ain't that bad. His, his contract is going to be up. You know, they can they can franchise him again. They've said that he is their future, but yeah, okay. that's not what your offers have been saying. <laughs> so we'll see. You can offer him what he's worth, mm-hmm. or you can let him hit free agency where he will get the biggest contract in NFL history. Yeah. So do you think they're going to work out a deal before? I think they will. I don't think they're going to let him hit free agency. I don't think they're that dumb. Okay. I think they are that dumb. I think he is going to hit free agency. I I think that was his last game in a Cowboys uniform. I think they they're just playing hardball, and they were never ever going to let him hit free agency because they know 
how hard it is to find a quarterback. I mean, they went through a long stretch with guys named Drew Henson and Quincy Carter, and they weren't going to let that happen. They were just trying to they were trying to squeeze every dollar out of Dak that they could. But they weren't going. They weren't going to let him hit free agency. Most They'll get a deal done before the before that. Most teams don't play a hardball like that with no, their quarterback. Most teams don't. But Jerry Jones doesn't own most teams. He just owns the Cowboys. That's so. true. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, there's not much more to say about that game. Um, Dallas pull out the win. That that might be Dallas's last win for a while too. <laughs> yeah, that might be the last time the Giants are competitive for a while too. And, and not also, for any special reason, just because they're the Giants. And also, Mike McCarthy. He's going to get fired this this season too, not at the well, end of the season, mid season. We we have two coaches think, down. I, I especially think he won't now because now you don't have a quarterback. Right now you I, have an excuse for why you're not as good. I think Jay Jones doesn't care. If if Andy Dalton wins a game in the next couple of weeks, McCarthy will be safe. I'll tell you what. Look, the NFC East is very weak. It's mm-hmm. very bad right now. There's a good possibility that Carson Wentz could be benched. Jalen Hurts could be the starting quarterback at some point this year, right? Dwayne Haskins has already been benched. He's a third-string quarterback. You got Alex Smith coming in playing for the first time in like three years. You got Danny Dimes. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, look, It's starting to feel mean even just calling him that. Look, right now, the best quarterback in the NFC East is Andy Dalton. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> <laughs> and listen, so, you know what? You know, I don't even feel bad about saying that, man. He threw a beautiful ball to Michael Gallup. In no, no, Andy Dolan isn't a bum. He's not <laughs> no. a bum, but he's the best quarterback in the NAC East right now. So there's still expectations for them to imagine, win. Imagine having the two best quarterbacks in that division and still being that terrible. <laughs> there's, so that's my point, though. Like, there's still expectations for them to win. I don't think they're going to win it. I think. It's probably looking like Philly, right? I think it's going to be Philly, and yeah, Mike McCarthy's going to get fired. He's going to get yeah, fired. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to get fired in season, but we'll see, we'll see. We we got we got to move on. Man. Like we, 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 this is so slow. This is such a slow pace. We're on. This is going to we be haven't even talked show. about Chicago and Tampa yet. And I don't even want to talk about that one. All right, all right. Uh, let's, let's, okay, all right. <laughs> we say this every week. We never do it, but rapid fire. <laughs> okay, Tom Brady uh, went. And all senile, forgot that it was fourth down, thought it was third down, forced to pass, got knocked down, and Chicago wins. Yeah. He tried to make a meme of it afterwards because. Listen, Tom Tom Brady, as much as I dislike Tom Brady, Tom Brady's a funny guy. Like he and he can make fun of himself on online, and it's all it's all good. Whatever. When you win six rings, you can do whatever you want to do. Yes, you can. Yeah. So Cardinals Jets. I'm not even sure why I actually clicked on this one. 30 to 10. And that is the story of New York. Uh, yeah. Joe Flacco well, well, starting well. again next week. Yeah. Flacco season. Le'Veon Bell. I'm, t- I'm really telling you, man. I'm telling you, he is just warming his way up to starting his guy, James Morgan. It's now, not, it's not going to be Sam Donald coming back. It's not going to be Flacco starting the rest of the year. He's going to bench Flacco mid game. He's going to put James Morgan in one time. And then he's going to be like, that's our guy. I could, well, I could see him trying to work his way up to that. But he is definitely somebody I think is going to get fired midseason. He better. He yeah. better. Like yeah. we we've talked about Dan Quinn. You know, we talked about Bill O'Brien and how they rightfully were relieved of their duties. Yeah. But man, I will go to bat all day for both of them ahead of Adam Gase. Well, look, Bill O'Brien from things I heard, you know, he just wasn't a likable person. Dan yeah, Quinn. Neither was Adam Gase. Yeah, you know, no, no, that's what that's what I'm saying. But but Dan Quinn. You know, who I heard, you know, 
like yeah, like seems, seems like a likable guy he likes Tupac. Yeah, yeah. Right? But both so, of them but both of them have had some success in this league. Dan Quinn has mm-hmm. taken a team to the Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, Bill Bryan has won multiple divisions titles with his team. Mm-hmm. Adam Gase hasn't done anything. He coached Peyton Manning. What do you mean? Yeah, he coached Peyton Manning. He got a head coaching shot in Miami. Didn't do anything there. The players revolted. Yeah, wasn't respected by the players. Went to the Jets, immediately started disrespecting players and hasn't won anything there. And you have a bunch of players finding their way off the team. Yes. So he has to be out. I cannot see him making it through the whole season. He's going to be gone. Right. But, you know, we already spent more time on the Jets than anybody ever should. So moving on to Philly and Pittsburgh. Uh, (laughs) Carson Wentz and some people named Travis Fulgham, well, really just Travis Fulgham, staged a furious comeback in that game. Yeah. But they fell a little short. They lost 38-29. Carson, I mean, again, it was a Carson Wentz game, right? He, he showed you his talent. He had 258 yards, two touchdowns, but he also took five sacks and threw two interceptions. Yeah. You know, you know hey, Props to Travis Fulgham, man. He, he had 10 catches, 152 yards, and a touchdown. He's making the most of his opportunity with every starting receiver in Philly. Out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about that. Think about yeah. that. Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson. You probably didn't remember he was on that team. Deshaun yeah. Jackson and Jalen Rager all out. Yeah. And Travis Fulgham is going off. Look, Doug Peterson, I think he's an excellent coach. He does a great job because every year, like the last few years, not, well, since he's been there, every year there's major injuries to his team. Like even when they won the Super Bowl, he won it with a backup quarterback. Yes. Like last year they had no running backs on the team. But you know he would have had to either way, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, one of these years they're just going to be healthy, and people are going to be like, "Man, where did they come from?" <laughs> <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> no, no, they won't. But the, oh, the, the big story from this game yeah. was the other guy Baltimore could have had, mm. Chase Claypool, mm. who came in with a tidy four touchdowns against Philly. Three receiving and one rushing. I was already sick when I saw on the screen that he scored two touchdowns, but then when you informed me that he scored four, I, <laughs> I, I, I was this close to throwing up. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Devin DuVernay got three touches yeah all right whatever so the Steelers are undefeated <laughs> and what are they on the bye next week they are no next week they are playing they're playing Houston next week that's the makeup game uh, okay. when Baltimore because they were supposed to play Baltimore next week that's right well I mean not not next week the week after okay. uh, it was supposed to be Philly then Pittsburgh and then a bye for Baltimore but thanks to Tennessee all that got shuffled around. Tennessee, by the way, who used that as motivation to come out and play well. They said that, you know, they, they were tired of people talking about them. Like, you brought all of that on yourself. You were yeah. the one who broke all the rules. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Up next, Jacksonville and Houston. Yep. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Houston. <laughs> Houston. Houston won 30 to 14 to bring both of their records to one and four. <laughs> Uh, I, it seems uh, so long ago when people were trying to convince me how good Gardner Minshew was. Yeah, I think I said this on the last podcast. When he doesn't play well and they don't win, they just he just doesn't get talked about. Nobody says, "Hey, he had a bad game," or "Hey, you know, Gardner Minshew, he's coming back down to earth," or you know, he's he's not looking good. He just doesn't get talked that, about. That's, that's the thing. He didn't even have a bad game. 
He's yeah. just not very good. Right. Okay. I mean, he, he had one turnover. He lost a fumble. But he threw for 301 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. But he scored 14 points. Right. And, and at the end of the day, and this is a thing that we've always talked about in regards to black quarterbacks mainly, mm-hmm. uh, when people try to discount their rushing ability. The quarterback's job is to move the offense up and down the field and score points. Yeah. doesn't matter how. doesn't matter how. doesn't matter if they're passes. doesn't matter if they're runs. doesn't even really matter if they're field goals. Get some points. Right. He threw for 300 yards, two touchdowns. They scored 14 points. You, you had to score more points than that. So Absolutely. his statistics look fine, but no, he didn't really have a good day. No, no, no. So, um, yeah, happy for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah. Deshaun did not have a good day either. <laughs> but they got to win. Yeah, yeah. Deshaun had a couple of interceptions uh, to go along with his three touchdowns and 359 yards. But yeah. again, you know, Bob got out and they put up 30 and one. So it's all good. Yeah. Okay. What's next? Next game of the week, the Raiders and Chiefs. Ooh. Raiders pulled out the 40 to 32 win over a Chiefs team that just kind of looked like they – they thought they were going to sleepwalk through the Raiders. Pat Mahomes yeah. was off all day long. He threw multiple interceptions that got dropped. Yeah. Only you know one of them was caught. Yeah. He had 340 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. It should have been several more. Right. He was just barely above 50% completion. You know, they just they kind of look they look kind of out of it until that very end of the game where they tried to make a comeback and it just, you know, it fell short. Yeah. How about Derek Carr, though, man? 347 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Yeah, congrats. I don't care, man. Derek Carr sucks. Right? He's not good. <laughs> he, Derek Carr is he, – It's like he's like the siren song of mediocrity. He'll have a game like that, and you'll think, hey, man, maybe we got our guy. And then you give him a, uh, an extension, and then you're just stuck, and you're not winning, and you're not losing enough, and you hate him, but you can't bench him because he's not playing that bad. And you're just kind of you wake up one day and you're like, where did the last six years of my life go? Yeah, well, keep playing like this. He's not going anywhere. How oh, about him? I bet Ruggs? you he will. I bet you he will. Yeah, yeah. John yeah. Gruden don't like that dude. He doesn't. Henry Ruggs, man, two catches, yeah. 118 yards, and a touchdown. It's so weird what talent a receiver will do for you. Yeah. All right. Good win for the Raiders. They're three and two, and Kansas City falls to four and one. Listen, excellent win. Most irrelevant three and two team ever. Well, no, I don't think the most irrelevant. Okay, well, oh. name another one. Oh. Exactly. Well, that's the thing about irrelevancy. Exactly. You can't. You can't. <laughs> can't prove me wrong. You can't prove me wrong. All right. L.A. Rams and the Washington Football Team. Alex Smith. I mean, just incredible story. Him coming back from that that broken leg. I mean, they say he nearly died. Mm-hmm. He nearly lost his leg. Nearly died. In the, you know, in, in some of the operations, came all the way back just to get sacked six times. <laughs> Just to have Aaron Donald jump on his back. <laughs> yeah, they got beat 30 to 10. He survived the uh, a near fatal leg injury just to get brain damage. <laughs> it's, not, it's not funny at all, man. Like, I, feel, I felt so bad for him. Like I watched it. I was all happy when he came in. I mean, like Kyle Allen got a head injury. That's why. I, Alex Smith got to come in. He got a head-to-head hit from – well, actually, they, they said it wasn't a head injury. They said it was his arm. Uh, oh, but he man. took a, a helmet-to-helmet hit from Jalen Ramsey that injured his arm. And uh, Alex, Smith, <laughs> Alex Smith came in, that, and I know, was so happy. That's a Ron, that's a Ron Rivera special. <laughs> <laughs> that, 
Yo, that's a Ron Rivera special right there. <laughs> but I saw him get hit in the head. Listen, all I know is he looks like Kyle to me. All right, next question. He looks like Kyle to me. <laughs> if you're a Panthers fan, you know exactly what we're talking about. All right. You know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, was like, don't believe your lying eyes. He got hit in the arm. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, he came in. I was all happy for him. Man. It was a real feel good moment. Yeah. It, they, they mentioned it on the broadcast, and you're like, the only thing missing is him getting that standing ovation from the crowd that he obviously would have gotten. Right? Yeah. 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 And then, man, the Rams said, I don't give a single damn about any of that. <laughs> they tore through that offensive line six times. Look, to get time, that, Alex. Look, Al Smith, seriously, congratulations, man. You worked your way back. You are a warrior. Now it's time for you to nurse whatever soreness that you have and just be like, look, I can't go. I got a sore hammy. Sore neck, whatever, whatever it is. I got I'm coming down with the cough. And I, you know, I'm at the quarantine. You're not taking any more snaps. That's Listen, it. Collect them checks. Collect and them. stay off the field. Yeah. Yeah. You you did good. You did good. Let Washington deal with that mess on their own. You don't need to be a part of that. No, not at all. No. You know, the Rams, they looked okay. They had a they had a pretty typical Ram day. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup is a is just an outstanding duo. And Jared Goff doesn't deserve it. <laughs> so moving on, they, a good win for the Rams. They're four and one. Washington falls to one and four. Yep. Dolphins and 49ers. Oh, Ooh. man. Ooh. Oh, man. We've been waiting for Fitz magic to come back. And my God, was he there on Sunday? You brought the magic. You brought 350 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. 22 mm-hmm. of 28. Yeah. And a 43 to 17 beating that saw Jimmy Garoppolo get pulled. Yeah, so just benched. Yeah, so that's a team. You know, we mentioned earlier, Matt Ryan. I'm sure San Francisco would be very interested in seeing Matty Ice take over that offense. Yeah, reunite with his former coach. I mean, listen, if you're if you're Kyle Shanahan right now, you've had terrible luck with injuries so far this season. Yeah, you're two and three. You're coming off just just the most embarrassing beatdown. And what do you see when you look around the NFL? You see former MVP Matt Ryan most likely available. Yeah. If you could suit up next week with Matt Ryan, don't you feel okay with being two and three at that point? Yeah. I could see that happening. No, absolutely. The situations are right for both sides to make to to come together and do that. And perfect pairing. Like I said, Matt Ryan got his MVP season when Shanahan was offensive coordinator. There's a level of comfort, and you know that's big with, with NFL coaches, level of comfort. Oh, yeah. Especially with Very the Shanahan's. Familiar. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I can see that happening. Jimmy G, you're out of here. Yeah. That part, I think, is happening regardless. So, yeah, two and three for both Miami and San Francisco. And guess we're at least one more week away from the Tua show. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Right. Uh, up next, we have, where were we? Oh, Colts and Browns. <sighs> I mean, this is this is one that we talked a little bit about. I asked you, who would you rather be right now? Mm-hmm. Would you rather be the Seahawks or the Colts? And this is in, in reference to Baltimore. Yep. Like, would you rather be the Seahawks or the Colts? Because one of those teams has the best defense in the league. The Colts are number two in yards against and number two in points against. The Seahawks are... 31st in yards against like 19th in points and the Colts are three and two 
after they just got beat by Cleveland 32-23. Yep. The other team, as I mentioned, the Seahawks doesn't have a good defense. They have a bad defense. Yeah. But they have an otherworldly quarterback, and they decided we're going to build around him, and they are 5-0. and They are getting busy. Yeah. And, and no team in the NFL feels safe playing against Seattle right now. At all. At all. Yeah. That's what I want for Lamar. Yeah, I yeah, like I'm a Ravens fan, right? I, I was here for the Lewis and Ed Reed and Suggs and Nada. I I get it. Like it's fun watching a dominant defense for me and for Baltimore. But yo, man, it's 2020, dude, and we got Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it would I, be fun watching a dominant defense, except those don't exist anymore. Yeah, no, no, and um, even if they did, we got Lamar Jackson. We don't have those guys here anymore. Stop trying to replicate that. Use what you have. You have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, the best quarterback we've ever had in the history of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Not not the history of Ravens, history of Baltimore. That's going back yes. to Johnny U. Okay. Yeah. Best quarterback we've ever seen play in this city. Give him all the talent. All right. I know this is about the Colts and the, and the Seahawks. I don't, I don't want to. It's it's not really. It's the Colts and the and the Browns. Philip Rivers. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. When are you gonna stop? Go home and raise your kids. <laughs> 243 yards, no touchdowns, two okay. interceptions. And and it's like, it's an addiction for him. He can't not throw interceptions late in games. No. What is that? No. Baker Mayfield, 21-37, 247 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Yeah. Again, because and, and look, I know that Cleveland fans are going to think that we're just hating. Baker's not good either, man. Like, if you can keep him, like you said, you said many times, under 25 pass attempts and let the run game, you know, control the game, you'll, you'll be okay. But if he has to start making plays, you're not going anywhere. Right. Well, they're going to be stuck with him because Cleveland, they're, look, they're 4-1. They have a shot right now to make the playoffs. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. This but week is going to be telling. Yeah, it is. Uh, but they're not going to yeah. be in a position to draft a quarterback this offseason. So... They're just gonna be stuck with this guy. <laughs> Cause I was gonna cause I was about to ask. I, I was looking at that. I was about to ask, like, okay, I'm sure Cleveland fans are gonna ride for Baker, especially right now, right? But if you're in a position to get a clearly better quarterback, you want them to do it or you want them to stick with Baker because you think he has the potential to be better. I'm sure they want to stick with Baker. Like, okay, sure we can we can say it right now. Maddie Ice might be available. Mm-hmm. Do you want them to go and get Maddie Ice or you want to stick with Baker? They want to stick with Baker. Because you get Maddie Ice. With those weapons? Mm. Yeah, but it's not going to happen. So, yeah, the next week will be telling with Cleveland. They're playing Pittsburgh. That's a huge game for them. Because, again, you got to remember, they're 4-1. and one. Yeah. That one loss was a stomping at the hands of Baltimore, who's not even playing well. Right, right. So maybe they're for real. I don't really think so. But they have to start playing some good teams before you, you really figure it out. Yeah. All right. Next up, Seattle and Minnesota. We already mentioned Seattle won, came back at the end of the game, took a one-point win, 27-26. This is something that is just going to keep happening to Minnesota as long as, you, <laughs> as long as Kirk Cousins is your quarterback. Yeah. It, it's funny. There, there are several teams in the league who have figured out that their quarterbacks aren't good, you know, who have previously been trying to pretend that they have a franchise quarterback. Cleveland's one of them. Minnesota's also one. And that, that's why they're leaning so heavily on Dalvin Cook these days. And even even when Dalvin Cook got hurt, D- 
Dalvin Cook had 17 carries for 65 yards and a touchdown. And he had several receptions, five receptions. That's 22 touches. He gets hurt. He comes out the game and his backup got 23 touches. Yeah. Because you can't trust Kirk Cousins. Man, I just clicked on Russell Wilson's profile. You know, this man has 19 touchdowns already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he's going to have 60 touchdowns this year. <laughs> <laughs> he's got 19 touchdowns through five games. Well, and part of part of the reason for that is, you know, Tyler Lockett is really talented. Yeah. He's a really good receiver. And I like Tyler Lockett a lot. He's fun to watch. But DK Metcalf is an alien. Yeah. And you know what? He's a mean alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not about making friends. Yeah. He's about uh, he's about throwing you down in the dirt, stepping on you uh, on the back of your head and then laughing at you from the end zone. Yeah, DK is the real deal, man. DK is the real deal. Another person I wish we would have gotten, but whatever. Yeah, six catches, 93 yards, two touchdowns. They said that when they asked Russell Wilson about him, he just started smiling. Like, <laughs> you know, like, 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 like what happens when you're in love. Yeah. Like, you know, they mentioned DK Metcalf's name and he just started smiling and they asked, Oh, how good can he be? And he was like, as good as he wants to be. He's bigger than everybody. He's faster than everybody. He's stronger than everybody. And he wants the ball badly. I want the Ravens to look high and low for players like that for Lamar. Look, I'm sorry. I, I know we were supposed to be doing rapid fire through these teams, man, but I can't stress enough that when you have a player like Lamar Jackson, that's where it begins and that's where it ends. Mm-hmm. Stop talking to me about defense. Stop talking to me about pass rushers. We're not going anywhere if Lamar can't perform, plain and simple. Right. But yeah, uh, Russell Wilson is looking like the favorite for MVP this year. Absolutely. And and um, Mike Zimmer might get fired. <laughs> Zimmer's not going to get fired. <laughs> Zimmer might get fired. He's not getting fired. I mean, unless unless he was instrumental in the Kirk Cousins things, then, then he's going to get fired. <laughs> um, but, all right. No, moving on. Yeah. Moving on. We got the Chargers and the Saints. Drew Brees continues to show his age. Sean Payton continues to show his man crush on Taysom Hill. Well, hold and on. Justin, Drew Brees had a good game, though. He did, but I, I, he had a pretty good game. But I'm saying that like, when they need somebody to make a grown man throw, he comes out of the game because he can't <laughs> do it anymore. His, his arm isn't there anymore. It's the same thing we, we talked about with Roethlisberger where, like, yeah, I mean, his arm's not what it used to be. Obviously, he still has the intelligence, yeah. still has the IQ. But, yeah, Drew's arm isn't – it's not what it used to be. That's why Taysom Hill comes in and, and they waste downs on that. Yeah, I do not for the life of me. I cannot figure out what Sean Payton sees in this dude. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't but know. yeah, no. Uh, Justin Herbert continues very rudely, I might add, to prove me wrong. He came out and had 264 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He First time good. a rookie quarterback has thrown four touchdowns on my on Monday Night Football. Yeah, so he looked nice. really good. He looked yeah. really good. The Chargers are just cursed, man. Like they cannot win close games. They can't yeah. do it. Mike Williams look good too. Mike, Mike Williams is a beast, and I wish they would throw him the ball more. Every single one of his catches is the most difficult catch you've ever seen. Yeah, every one of them. <laughs> I know, but he makes all of them though. Yeah, he makes all of them. Yeah, uh, this no, is the, yeah. You're right though. Heartbreaking loss though, man. He got them all the way down there for a field goal, and it hits the hits the uh, goalpost. Yeah, the money badger. You can't call yourself that anymore. Nope. He trademarked that. It's <laughs> worthless. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
but this is the game again. You know, the Saints were out there without Michael Thomas because Michael Thomas was suspended because Michael Thomas does not like it when you call Michael Thomas slant boy. And he got into a fight <laughs> with Malcolm Jenkins because Malcolm Jenkins called him slant boy, insinuating that he only runs slants, which prove him wrong, Michael, not with your fists. Use your words, use your stats, show him, but you can't. That's because you're slant boy. Michael Thomas is as sensitive as you think he is, man. Yeah. Like you always see him on Twitter responding to people. You see him going this rant about, oh, he's being disrespected and I'm better than this person. And just got so much to say about everybody else. Got so much to say. Yeah. And you know, it comes from him just being on social media too much. And for you to go off because a teammate took a jab at you calling you slant boy, that's just the most benign thing ever. And you lose it. That's just triggering other things that you saw online. And I'm not that type of person that feels like you have to get off social media. Like I genuinely think most of these players are, you know, they're not, they're not that fragile to where a couple Hmm. of people on social media are going to get in their head, but he's definitely one of them. Like he's more fragile than Kevin Durant. Yeah. Look, Kevin Durant responds a lot, and yeah, you know, he uses and he burner accounts and everything. And but he yeah. doesn't he doesn't punch Steph Curry in the face. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know how you know Michael Thomas is, is sensitive because he keeps telling you he's not. Yeah, like he keeps telling you how much he doesn't care. That's exactly how much you care, man. I'll say this: you care about everything. I'll say this. Initially, I thought it was a different issue. Like he's just a problem in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And and it got to the point where players just didn't want him around anymore. Kind of like Earl Thomas, right? Yeah. And I thought, huh, well, maybe he might be available for a trade, right? Yeah. But after hearing this, I think it was one of those things where it was just like, look, just go home and mellow out. Give give first, give me your phone. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't <laughs> you can't be on social media anymore. You, you like really just I think this really was just a take a week to chill out, get yourself together get your mind right, and then come back ready to go, right? So I think he'll yeah. be fine moving forward. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm sure he'll be fine uh, until the next time they call him Slant Boy. Like, <laughs> he's just, he's that, like, it bothers him, you know, he, and he can't not respond to stuff. And I guarantee you he didn't call him Slant Boy once. He called him Slant Boy like 20 times, Well, the issue and, and he just be, lost it. The issue ain't going to be with the teammates. It's going to be with other teams because now that that's gotten out, Listen, what do you think is going to happen when he gets? I'm, I'm pretty sure the issue will still be with Michael, Malcolm Jenkins if you punched him. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah, yeah. You're going to be hearing that from everybody else, and I mean, you, you you just can't you can't show that you can't let that get out. Right. But you know, ultimately, yeah, he'll be fine. But it's these moments, these times of crisis, when you call teams and you make your offers. Yeah. You know, it's like what happened with the Knicks and Christoph Porzingis, where their uh, Phil Jackson was still their GM. And he was like, get this dude the hell out of here. <laughs> and you had about, you had a, a 24 hour window where you could have called and gotten Christoph Porzingis. And then Phil was out and they said, no, we're not moving him. I mean, obviously they did later, yeah. but you got to take advantage of those moments before cooler heads prevail, right? Absolutely. Before, before people can go home and sleep on it. Like you can take advantage of those moments where they're really riled up and you just make something happen. Right. Because it may not be the Saints organization, but a lot of organizations aren't as professional, aren't nearly as professional as you mm-hmm. think they are. And if you call them at the right time, you catch them in a vulnerable moment, mm-hmm. you know, their eagles are fragile. And 
look, this is a perfect situation, right? The the Saints bench him. They win a Monday Night Football without him. And if they're one of those organizations that aren't that aren't well run, that'd been a perfect time to call up and be like, "Hey, I know he's a great talent, and you might want a lot for him, but hey, you know, we're offering a first and something else." They could, you know, yeah, get that contract off the books. I know you you're in your bit of a a uh, little bit of cap hell. Yeah, you know, yeah. get rid of that contract moving forward. Not saying. Yeah, not saying it would, you know, they are that organization that would do that, but there are organizations out there that would do that, right? That's that's how Hopkins ends up in Arizona right now because you had Bill O'Brien running that organization and they knew, Arizona knew he had a problem with Hopkins and they're like, look, we know you like running backs. We got this running back that you really loved, right? We'll, we'll give you that in a second round pick. Sweet deal, that's the, right? That's the worst thing to me. And it happens all the time where NFL coaches are like, man, I love that guy coming out of the draft eight years ago. And I know he hasn't produced a single day in his NFL career, but I could still turn him around. Yeah. You remember that bowl game? Yeah. So before that trade, how many people knew Hopkins was available? Of course, like, you didn't nobody. think Hopkins was available. Nobody thought Hopkins was available. No. But the Cardinals called and asked. They called and asked. Well, well, to be fair, I think the story was that he called the Cardinals. Oh my god! <laughs> he asked about David Johnson. Oh my god! Because how many people knew that David Johnson was available? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, but they, they did ask. They said that uh, he called about David Johnson, and they were like, "What about DeAndre Hopkins?" And he was like, "Sold." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look. You don't know until you ask. So yeah, you can sit here and say, "Oh, we will never get this person. We'll never get that person." You don't know. Mm-hmm. Ask anyway. All that stinking thinking. Okay. <laughs> Pick up the phone, man. You don't know. Yeah. They're all, right, all that- just fantasy GMs. That's all they are. Yeah. Is that all the games? No, nope, we got one more. The uh the Tennessee Grizzlies out here. Mm. The the toughest team in the NFL. The grand modeling themselves. Yeah, after after Memphis. I mean, Derrick Henry. I hate to I hate to see it, man. Because I like Josh Norman. Josh Norman's my guy, but He's on. He's he's the star of uh, Twitter memes this week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after he got he got stiff armed. He got stiff armed in the midair. Yeah, feet up uh, in the air. Feet up in the air, kicking. Yeah. Uh, Derrick Henry <laughs> ran right over him. Tennessee wins that one, forty-two to sixteen. Josh Allen had a couple turnovers. Didn't look very good after the blazing start to his season. Ryan Tannehill had an outstanding night. You know, he had a, a rushing touchdown to go along with his uh, three passing touchdowns. So, I mean, he, he only threw for 195 yards, right? But that's because they rely a lot on Derrick Henry and their defense. Like they, they play that grind it out ball, right? Yeah. He had 42 rushing yards with the, with the touchdown. Derrick Henry had 57. This is the thing about Derrick Henry. He had 19 carries for 57 yards. That's not good. No. And he had two, but two touchdowns. But the only thing that you remember is Derrick Henry got the ball and he stuck out his arm and ended Josh Norman's world. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all anybody cares about. <laughs> and it's just that that mystique, that aura of that team is going to wear you down. That team is tougher than you are. That team is more physical than you are. And you can't beat them over four quarters. Right. That's what they've got going for them right now. For now. For now. Yes, for now. For now. A.J. Brown's a beast too, though. Yeah. And their best wide receiver, Corey Davis, isn't even back yet. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. You want him to be? That's. I, I, I mean, I don't care anymore. I traded him. I'm just saying. I'm just. <laughs> yeah. I'm, just I'm just talking facts right now. Okay. Your uh, former Raven, Kamale Correa, was upset 
and he asked for and received a trade from the Tennessee Titans. I thought for sure Somebody traded Baltimore. For yes. Listen, I know that y'all in Ravenland don't like Kamale Correa. He's fine. He's a he's a very decent player. I don't he's a him. nice rotational pass rusher that Baltimore could have used if they hadn't given up so quickly on him and moved him out. Where'd he he go? went for a sixth round pick. It was Correa and a seventh for a sixth round pick. He went to Jacksonville, okay. a team that shouldn't need pass rushers, but apparently they do. So I don't dislike Correa. I, you know, mm-hmm. obviously he's not he's he's nothing special, right? If you want to call him solid, okay, but. We just talked about Tennessee. We talked about Derrick Henry. We talked, you know, we're talking about Correa now. And this goes back to when we drafted Correa. Who was somebody we could have picked up instead? Derrick Henry. And mm-hmm. it's not even one of those things where you could where we didn't have a need for running back. I think Justin Forsett was our running back at the time. Right. Forsett or or Terrence West or you one know of them. Yeah, what one of them, right? We definitely had a need at running back, and I thought that was the obvious choice. You know, it, it would have been an obvious choice for the Panthers at the time too. I thought, but there are so many options we could have went in that second round. We went Kamai Correa and Bronson Kafusi in the third round. These are the type of moves that we make when we have too many picks. Because also that year we had eleven picks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Eleven picks. Yeah, they make the safe pick. They say, oh well, you know. They have a, a high floor, and maybe they're, they're not stars, but they'll be solid contributors. There's no such thing as a high floor. That doesn't exist. Right. It's not a real thing. There's and no such it, thing as floors and ceilings. They're made up by people who cover the draft. Right. And safe picks, the way, the way fans just define it, right? Because yeah. you, thought, you thought you were going to get somebody that not going to be great, but he's not going to be bad, except he turned yeah. out to be bad. Yeah, Aaron Curry. Safest pick ever. No chance he's bad. He was awful. Robert Gallery, <laughs> safest pick ever. No chance he's bad. He's a he's a he's a you know stone cold lock at left tackle. Trash. Yeah. Like it does not exist. Yeah. yeah. None of those picks are safe. Right. Um, so so go go for the guy you think is the most talented, not the guy you think has the smallest chance of failing. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, that's all the games. Do we, is there any other news going on? No, we got to wrap this up because my iPad's about to die. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. So that went a little bit longer than uh, normal. But, um, yeah, we got some podcasts on uh, coming up here soon. We're going to be doing a boxing podcast and lots and lots of videos. So follow us, LBHT Show. B's iPad's about to die, so we're about to get out of here. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Peace out. Lunch breakers and takers. If you like what you hear, you can go to anchor.fm slash LBHT slash support and support the show for as little as 99 cents a month. You can also support by leaving us a five-star review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to check out our website at www.lbhtshow.com. And make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at LBHT Show. And thanks for spending your lunch break with us. We'll see you next time.